welcome to the Take Control of Your Wealth podcast. I'm Shauna Perron. And I'm Christy Matwin. Together we help people gain the knowledge, skills, resources, confidence, and inspiration to build optimal and enduring wealth. So if you're ready to create financial freedom, to be able to do what you want, when you want, without worry about yours or your family's future, then turn up the volume and let's get started with our latest program to help you take control of your wealth. Hi, Take Control of Your Wealth listeners. Today, Christy and I are going to address a common question that comes up every year around this time in January and February. This is a time we call RRSP season here in Canada, and now there's also TFSA season. It's the season of saving and adding to your two very important investment accounts. That's right. So this podcast will be most applicable to our Canadian listeners as we'll be talking about your Registered Retirement Savings Plan, or RRSP, and your Tax-Free Savings Account, or TFSA. These are Canadian accounts, but you may have similar account types in your home country. The common question is, how do I know whether to contribute to my RRSP or my TFSA? Do I contribute to one over the other or both? And these are really good questions, which don't come with a one-answer-fits-all solution. But our goal is to help you understand the advantages and differences between the two accounts to help you make the best decision. Of course, speaking with your financial advisor is a good idea because your situation is unique and not like anyone else's. Right. So let's start with the RRSP. It's been around for over 60 years and was designed to encourage Canadians to prepare for retirement by saving a percentage of their annual income in return for an upfront tax break. You can save 18% of your annual income up to a maximum of $27,230 for the year 2020. So for 2020, you would need income of just over $150,000 to make the maximum contribution. The maximums are indexed for inflation, meaning that they go up each year, and it's important to note that you accumulate contribution room for employment or self-employment income rather than, say, income earned on your portfolio. Now, the big benefit to an RRSP is the amount you can contribute is deducted from your annual income, meaning you pay less tax in the year of your contribution, allowing you to save more money now and grow your portfolio faster than had you paid more tax up front. Less tax today means more money to invest and grow for future use in retirement. And the higher your annual income, the more valuable that tax deduction is because you're in a higher tax bracket. Plus, you don't pay any tax on your earnings while the money is in the account. Yeah, that's right. So any interest, dividends, and capital gains realized within your RRSP is not taxed annually, and you can use the income from your investments to buy more stocks or bonds to continue to grow the account. Sounds like a great deal, right? Yes, but there's a caveat. That short-term gain you got from your original contribution is offset by future tax when you take money out because any withdrawals are taxed like regular income. So simply stated, the RRSP is a tax deferral account. You save by paying less tax today and grow your money tax sheltered with the intent that you will be in a lower tax bracket when you start withdrawing during retirement when you typically are not working. Yes, and that's a very important assumption that your tax rate will be lower when you withdraw. If you're in a higher tax bracket, the tax you pay on withdrawals will be higher than the tax benefit you received from your contributions, which negates some of the benefit. Still, though, RRSPs encourage long-term savings because there is a tax implication on withdrawing and it allows you to save more now, amplifying the tax-free compound growth effect within the account over time so you have more money to withdraw later in life. 
right. So it can be a great tool for long-term savings and use in retirement, and you can be strategic about how and when to contribute because any unused contribution room accumulates. That means that if you know you're coming into a big income year, maybe you're getting a big bonus or something, you can use any unused contribution room from prior years to reduce your income and pay less tax. And you can be strategic about when you withdraw as well. If the average Canadian retires at 65 years old, you may have taxable income from various other sources, such as the Canadian Pension Plan or CPP, a defined benefit or contribution plan, non-registered investments, a rental property, and so on. And all of these need to be considered in terms of how they impact your taxes year to year when determining the best time to start withdrawing from your RRSP. Exactly. But you can't defer withdrawals forever because at age 71, you are required to convert your RRSP into a RIF, which is a registered retirement income fund. And starting the following year, the year you turn 72, you are required to withdraw a certain percentage of the account every year and pay the associated tax. The required withdrawal rate at that point is just over 5% annually and goes up each year. So if you have a big RIF, it can all of a sudden push you into a higher tax bracket. And there might be a plan opportunity to reduce your tax over time. That's right. And working through a financial plan can help determine when and where withdrawing during retirement can make the most sense. Taking tax into consideration and remembering the key assumption with an RRSP is that you are in a lower tax bracket when in retirement. Yeah. So if your income is low after you stop working and before you are forced to withdraw at age 72, sometimes it makes sense to withdraw earlier to help smooth your income over time. That also means, though, that you give up future tax-sheltered growth. So there's a lot to consider, but a financial plan can help. It can also help determine whether it makes sense to keep saving in the RRSP or if other saving strategies might be better. Right. And at the end of the day, reducing your income during peak earning years and saving more money to grow tax deferred in your RRSP makes sense. But it's worth putting some thoughtful planning in place when looking at when to contribute and withdraw to maximize the benefit and put more money in your hands to spend as you please. Now let's chat about the tax-free savings account or the TFSA, which was introduced in 2009. This is a really great account that allows anyone age 18 or older to contribute regardless of their income, unlike the RRSP where your contribution limit depends on how much you earn. There are annual limits to the TFSA, but if you were 18 or older in 2009, you have cumulative contribution room of $75,500 today. So it's really starting to add up. The annual contribution limits are indexed to inflation and typically increase by $500 increments. The limit started at $5,000 in 2009, and now it sits at $6,000 in 2021. And any unused contribution room accumulates year to year, so you have not lost it. Now, why is this such an important investment account? Well, for several reasons. Like an RRSP, any income and growth from your investments inside the TFSA is tax-free. You don't get the tax break up front from your contribution like an RRSP, but any withdrawals from the TFSA are tax-free, unlike an RRSP. So once the money is in there, you'll never pay any more tax on it, meaning there are enormous benefits to investing in and growing these accounts long-term to use in retirement. Just to put things into perspective, say you didn't have a TFSA and open one today, contribute 
distributing the 75,500 and the maximum of 6,000 each year for the next 40 years. If invested with a 6% annual rate of return, you'd have 1.7 million to spend tax-free at the end of the day. So the benefits of these accounts as part of a long-term saving strategy are impossible to ignore, and they require far less planning than an RRSP. You don't have to worry about figuring out when you're going to get the biggest tax benefit from contributing and when you're going to pay the least tax to withdraw. It's all very simple. Plus, when you withdraw, you can even recontribute the same amount. The only catch is that you don't get the contribution room back until January 1st of the following year. So if you took out $5,000 March 1st of this year, 2021, you would not be able to recontribute the $5,000 until January 1st, 2022, meaning you're out of the market for that time, which potentially limits your growth. And if you don't recontribute, you've potentially crippled the growth and given up a big opportunity to grow a pool of money long term that's completely tax free. So why would you want to withdraw unless it's absolutely necessary? It defeats the whole purpose of the account. Ideally, you want your TFSA to be as big as possible. Now, you might be better off withdrawing from a TFSA rather than an RRSP, but if you have other non-registered money, that may be a better option provided there aren't significant unrealized capital gains. Absolutely. And that leads us to what kind of investments to hold in a TFSA. Of course, your asset allocation should always be aligned with your overall needs and risk tolerance, as we talked about in our podcast on asset allocation and investment policy statements. So if the only money you have is what's in your TFSA, you might not have many options. But if you have different types of accounts, such as a non-registered account, an RRSP, and a TFSA, you can sometimes be more strategic about what to hold where. Right. So if the benefit of the TFSA is the long-term tax-free growth, it's sometimes best to allocate more of your stocks or equity to the TFSA to maximize that growth. And that might go against some of the advice you'll see out there that suggests holding cash or other conservative investments in there and using the TFSA as an emergency fund. That would mean you'd likely not earn much of a return, which again, somewhat defeats the purpose of the account. Plus, we've already talked about why withdrawing might not be ideal anyway if you have other options. Now, within an RRSP, you might not want too much growth as you get closer to having to withdraw in retirement and you have a shorter window to benefit from the tax deferred growth because the withdrawals are taxed as regular income. And if your account gets too big, it means more tax. So at some point, you might want a more conservative asset mix in the RRSP and to hold more of your equity or growth holdings in your TFSA and non-registered accounts, where it's more tax efficient than fixed income. Again, your overall asset mix should be based on your needs and risk tolerance and not driven by tax decisions. We are only talking about how the asset mix that makes sense for you might be allocated across different accounts if you have options. And of course, what makes sense for one person might not make sense for another. So you should always speak with your advisor. Now, you are still likely wondering how to decide which account to contribute to and when. Well, in our experience, it would be ideal to contribute the maximum to both accounts. But if that's not possible, the first thing to consider is when you'll need the money. If you think you'll need the money in the near term, the tax-free savings account is likely a better option since you can withdraw tax-free. And if the money is for long-term investment, the next thing to think about is where you're at in life and what your future income and tax rates might be. If you're just starting out in your career and you expect your income to be higher in the future, you might be better off using the TFSA because the tax deduction you get from an RRSP contribution is going to be more valuable when your income is higher at a later date. The bottom line is that both accounts have huge benefit and ideally you should try to take advantage of both of them. 
That's right. We love our RRSPs and TFSAs and think you should too. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for our next episode as we hope to help you take control of your wealth. Remember everyone, don't settle. Take control of your wealth. You can find more information by visiting our website, takecontrolofyourwealth.ca or by following us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Take Control of Your Wealth. We look forward to connecting with you. Thank you.